0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to this edition of Question, Question and Answer Forum in this beautiful month of Sha'ban. As we are in June now already, alhamdulillah. I'm Khawa Solomon and shukran so much for joining us. Stay with us for the next hour as we answer your questions on 47913. Note, uh, we really, really appreciate your uh, patience when it comes to um, the response you are getting to your questions. It is done in good time, but it is um, received and done at the time that uh, we get it inshallah So let's greet uh, our guest and that is is Sheikh Ibrahim Wes. As-salamu alaykum to you sheik
1: Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And to all the listeners of Voice of the Cape How are you doing today? Uh,
0: Very well, well Sheikh sheikh i hope all is well with uh, with everybody at home home well sheikh as well
1: of a little bit of a little bit of a and bit of we little on.
0: Alhamdulillah. a little so, um, Sheikh, being the Imam at the a Masjid, and of a little bit of a little bit of a little and delves into it and comes back with the appropriate answer. So let's get into that. Salam Sheikh, can you tell me what the name I'm not too sure if it is An Ahara or An Nahara or Nahara. I, yeah. with, so
1: it's a Nahara means and they want to know what it means. Yeah. Uh, this particular name Anahara, it's spelled A N A H A R A. I okay. mean I don't find any root of it in the Arabic language. So it is most likely not an Arabic name. It's most probably okay. taken from another language, Persian or uh, Urdu or anything else, okay. I'm not too sure. Um, uh, because there's no there's no indication to, to my knowledge that this uh, name has got any connection with the Arabic language. Okay. Uh, because if you were to take the root letters of this particular uh, name, mm. uh, it, it would come down to uh, anhar, for example, or nahar, and nahar means a river.
0: Okay. Nahar
1: means a river, and the plural of that would be anhar, right? Um, so the
0: noon, ha, and ra.
1: Yeah, the noon, ha. Nara, okay. yes that's correct Yeah, So so we're not too sure um, and I don't think that is what is intended here. it's perhaps another name which is uh, taken from another language but the best is just to make a research then on, on, on the name, uh, maybe on the internet or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, then you would uh, maybe get some idea what the uh, background of this name is, but from an Arabic perspective it's definitely not an Arabic name.
0: It would be interesting to hear where they actually found it.
1: Yeah, I think people nowadays they do find things on the yeah. internet and they do find things on various sites, so so maybe uh, I should I mean I didn't get the time Not really to check it But mm. I mean if you go to the Internet and check it Most likely you will come up With some kind of Etymology of the mm. word Where it comes from Or what language it is Etc But all that I can vouch for Is
0: it's not, not it's Arabic Because that's stuff. usually Where sheikh would go first yes, Arabic yes, yeah. yes It's not an Arabic name. Shukran sheikh I always hear Muslims say uh, That the Bible has been changed very interesting question and we hope that brian is listening so he's saying that i always hear muslims say that the bible has been changed can you name where the changes are and what it was changed to
1: yeah, uh, in terms of, I mean, this is obviously a very, very long discussion, a very long uh, uh, question, mm. and it's very interesting that uh, Brian is bringing up this. And yes, I mean, it is an issue that is uh, a debate, uh, a theological debate between uh, a Muslim and uh, how a Muslim views the Bible, and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, yes, I mean, we do believe, for example, that uh, the, 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 the book that was sent to Nabi Isa, alayhi salatu wasalam, to Jesus, peace be upon him, uh, has been, uh, you or interpolated or has been um, uh, changed over time. Uh, and yes, there's a number of things that we can say on this, but it's a very long sort of uh, debate and and question that needs lots of time and research. And uh, I think there are also specialist people that deals with this kind of thing. Hmm. And uh, one name that always stands out for all of us is Ahmad Didat. I mean, he's dealt with this problem, uh, not problem, I mean this question Hmm. um, uh, very extensively. He's got a book uh, entitled, Is the Bible God's Word? Hmm. Okay, And uh, it's just a theological issue whereby we cannot vouch for the authenticity of the uh, narration of the Bible the way that we find it. So that is what it is, and I would uh, obviously encourage Brian to maybe do some research on it and Mm -hmm. see if we can get hold of Mr. That's books and then read up on it a little bit to see uh, because he wanted now some examples of Mm. where we think it was changed and and stuff like that. So in terms of that, I think we should uh, leave it at that, and maybe he can do that uh, research uh, and and see. And if need be, at a later stage, we can engage uh, uh, And I
0: know Sheikh is um, more than welcome to sit down and chat with Brian. Yeah, yeah the yeah, case.
1: If, yeah at all i mean there's okay. no problem at all if you wanted to come seeing
0: that's such a long yeah we answer can maybe meet
1: him and, and speak to him about it and whatever mm. knowledge or information i have i can share it with him mm. and we can exchange information there is no problem mm. in that uh, at all
0: yeah. Shukran, moving on to our next question before we do that let's take a break and we'll be back shortly <laughs> Of the Cape, 91.3 FM stereo. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum. A very good evening to you. Welcome back to Question and Answer Forum. Uh, please send those SMSs on 47913. With me, Sheikh Ibrahim Was, answering your questions. If a woman has her haid, she cannot make wudu, so how can she read Surah Yaseen? Um, Unless she's halfida. Half yeah,
1: I think uh, there's a confusion here with the, with the question Because we dealt with uh, questions uh, just prior to this uh, Maybe a couple of weeks back mm. Where this person was asking if uh, a human can visit the graveyard, first of all And whether they can go clean the graveyard and do certain things there And that question also came up whether uh, one can reside there Okay, So obviously we answered in the positive. All of those things can be done as long as the adab and so on are adhered to. Mm. Then there was another question that came up. Uh, is a person who has haid allowed to enter the graveyard? Mm. A woman who has haid? And I said, yes, well, there's, not any, uh, there's no objection in that. Now, it would appear that this person understood that I said that the, the person who had haid he can also recite Qur'an. But, I mean, that is not what, what was meant. Okay, it's yes. two separate questions, right? So, obviously, if the woman has she she's allowed to enter the graveyard. But that does not necessarily mean it's allowed for her to recite Surah sin. Because
0: mm.
1: when she has hate, she doesn't recite Quran, as we know. But she can recite dhikr, She can recite anything else. Uh, and he's saying that unless she's either, of course, that, that's also not sufficient. Because if you are hafidh even, and you are able to recite the Quran without memory, Sorry, without hudu, from memory without hudu. You are still not allowed to recite if you have had. Okay? So, even if a woman is hafif and she is able to recite from memory, she will not be allowed to recite the Quran while she is in had. Because that period of time when she is uh, in that state, she will have to wait until she's clean and she's made a ghusl. Before the Salah becomes again compulsory on her and all other things. So, uh, in any case, she, she's not allowed to recite Surah Yasin if she has a Hayd. And uh, what we meant was, the question that actually came up uh, prior to this was, if she has Hayd, is she allowed to enter the graveyard? And the answer was yes, nothing would object uh, to that. And the second question was... If a normal woman wanted to go to the grave, not having hijab, but a normal woman, and she wanted to recite, then we gave, obviously, some idea that she can recite Surah Yasin, she can recite dhikr, she can make du'adeh, as long as the adab is, is maintained. Shukra.
0: Salam, Sheikh. What is a proper way of hijab? Someone debated with me that it's not about wearing a dress. Hmm.
1: Yeah, hijab essentially is uh, a set of guidelines that had been given by Allah Ta'ala uh, In line with how a human should conduct herself And I like to say that hijab is not only the clothing that you wear But hijab is a complete system of guidelines that a human should, for example, ad- adhere to In order to keep her modesty and integrity in place Uh, Why I say this is because you may find, for example, sometimes women wearing the hijab in terms of the scarves and all of that, but then you hear the way they speak in public, the way they engage with others, the type of uh, ugliness of speech and stuff like that. And obviously, that also defeats what hijab is about. Mm. Hijab is all about maintaining the dignity and the honor and protecting the woman, etc., etc. This is what hijab is about. And Allah says in the Quran, I mean, if you want to speak about hijab in terms of clothing, mm. what it entails and what it doesn't entail. Allah Ta'ala simply says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Nur, verse 31, Allah says, <laughs> That the woman should not expose any of. Her beauty that is apparent, except that which, uh, which is clear, is except that which is clear in a sort of natural way. So now the scholars have a debate as to what does it mean that she should not uh, display. Uh, anything of uh, that, that may arouse people Except that which is clear hmm. So what is that exception What does it refer to And according to the majority of scholars It actually uh, refers to The face and the hands And obviously the face and the hands may be open It doesn't have to be covered And uh, there's a hadith where uh, Asma The daughter of Sayyidina Abu Bakr anh, she, she actually came into the company Of the Prophet wasalam, And the Prophet saw that she had Clothes on that were f- Fairly sort of thin, you know, and see-through And the Prophet ﷺ turned away And then he said to her afterwards Oh Asma, if you are of an age where you are mukallaf Then you should try to cover your body Except, he showed to her, except this and this And he pointed to her her, her face and he pointed to her hands So that may be exposed Uh, The rest of the body obviously should be covered So just as a sort of general guidelines as to what hijab entails Firstly, it mustn't be transparent it mustn't be something that you can see the skin of the person uh, through, through the clothing. And second, it must not be too tight, where obviously the shape of the body and stuff like that would become very clear. Uh, and then there's some other guidelines as well. It should not uh, be imitating uh, of what men wear and stuff like that. There's some other guidelines that are given as to what the hijab entails. But uh, the exception is the face and the hand may be open. Uh, everything else should be covered. And it's an issue of modesty. I mean, uh, how you do it and whether a dress or not a dress, I mean, that is something else. Whether you want to wear a black thobe or not a black thobe, The colour is not important The colour is not the issue But it's all to do with uh, dress, dressing up uh, modestly And in a way that uh, you know, protects you as a woman And protects your integrity and your dignity And your honour, etc And those are the general kind of guidelines As far as, as the hijab is concerned
0: Shukran Sheikh We're listening to Sheikh Ibrahim Wurst The Imam at the Yusufiyah Majid, And continue with your SMS's on 47913 Just for now let's take a short break And when we come back read more of your questions The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM series. My radio station radio station our radio station the voice of the cape Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A very good evening to you. Welcome back to question and answer forum. Stay with us right up, right up until 7 o'clock, inshallah, where we take your SMS questions and answer them by uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Wurst with a detailed answer, alhamdulillah, with some proofs and a great explanation as well. Please note that if you do, you're still not sure about this, um, do um, consult your local imam or send the questions through once again. And um, Sheikh is also available. You can call him and we'll leave his details at reception. Alhamdulillah, shukran to uh, Sheikh for like uh, offering that as well. So, assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. My husband has an illegitimate child. She's getting married, and can he be her wakil? Also would um, also would like to know if um, I should attend this wedding as her biological mother and sisters are all murtat. And she said that she is not worried. Who thinks what? Do you think... I should attend this wedding. I am still very, very very much from the old school. Shukran. Yeah.
1: I don't know what it means to say we're from the old school or the (laughs) new school. But anyway, um, there's two issues. The issue of being a wakil. Uh, for a, an illegitimate child And the quick answer is no The father does not act as the wakil Unless he is appointed by uh, this uh, girl herself So she obviously has to appoint someone to marry her mm. So in other words He cannot enforce his uh, guardianship over her But if she appoints him from her own self Then she can do that She can appoint him to marry her on that day In other words She, she will then give the authorization. Because normally the father automatically has that Authorization. Mm. Okay, he doesn't need the Approval or the authorization of, of of His daughter. In this case She can give over that authorization To uh, this person who is the Illegitimate father and he can then obviously Handle the marriage if, if that is the case So that is the first point and the second Point with regards to the marriage Now having uh, or is Taking place where people that are Involved with the marriage have uh, become Mortad and stuff like that. As a general Principle we obviously try not to condemn this kind of thing, we try not to um, show uh, that we are happy with someone that has left the deen and stuff like that. And we try to encourage and make da'wah to the best of our ability. And we try to speak to them, we try to uh, highlight, you know, if there are problematic issues with uh, people that have become murtad, we try our best. And if we cannot, we try to get someone that can. Speak to them and so on And so I think in this case I mean it's a wedding and so on And if it is that they are already Living this lifestyle And you know that they You know Far gone uh, In terms of you Speaking to them And all of that Then most probably It will be best uh, for you Not to entertain it too much you know, uh, unless of course you f- you feel that there is a way in which you can speak to them, and once again you know uh, make a calling and, and tell them, and uh, you know uh, uh, what is a better way to do things and stuff like that. But I would not encourage uh, this kind of thing just to go to the wedding if those issues are around, because we we cannot send out signals, you know, that it is kind of acceptable to do these things. One must be careful of not condoning these kinds of things And sending out the wrong signals But if it is in the form of da'wah And we're trying to engage them and stuff like that Then from that angle obviously It would be, it would be suitable and okay to do it yeah.
0: Shukran Sheik um, This question m- uh, might sound a little bit confusing Because I don't know where it all fits in But let's, let's go for it How do you come with the following I think sister, how do you deal with the following Your wife was convicted by someone They assume is a sheikh that she is islamically free from me after not sleeping with me for more than three months after she moved out seven days later then that same man marries her there was no talaq or fasakh Shukran.
1: Yeah, it would appear that uh, there's an issue here of uh, a husband and wife that are no longer together. And obviously the wife uh, has gotten married a second time. And she actually got married with a person who claimed that the marriage is over due to some issues within the Islamic law. And here um, the, the reason that was given is since she didn't sleep with her husband for three months, then it means automatically, this is what I understand, automatically the marriage is annulled. Okay. You know, and, and it seems that when this woman then moved out, mm. she immediately married the person who gave them the advice in the first place being a sheikh or imam, whatever he is.
0: And there was fact. no talaq. And, and there was no
1: talaq and no fasakh. And of course, to start from that point, I mean, if there was no talaq and no fasakh and no procedure of actually annulling the marriage, then the first thing I, I can say is that you are still married. I mean, you, your marriage didn't go anywhere. You are still married. Um, so the fact that you slept away from each other for three months or mm-hmm. even six months or even a year for that matter, that in itself does not constitute separation.
0: Because no, we dealt with the question earlier About this wife saying Her husband moved out of the room for two years Yes, yes, yeah.
1: absolutely That does not constitute separation Or annulment okay. of marriage There must be a procedure that is followed And the procedure is one of two It's either from the husband's side Where he issues a tala mm. Or it comes from the side Where the woman applies for a fasakh In which case a fasakh must first be granted by a judicial body Mm. that uh, does the investigation and all that, and she must have strong grounds, there must be reason, and they will call in the parties and they will find out what the reasons are and so on and so forth. So if that procedure is not followed, then I don't see how um, the marriage can be sort of annulled. Mm. So they are still technically married, and if they are technically married, then it means that this woman that moved out and married, the so-called imam that had given them the wrong information or the so-called sheikh then it means that that marriage to that man is also null and void because a woman cannot get married to another man while she is still married Okay, and what about the idda? I mean nothing is mentioned about even if she was now marriage was annulled. He says after seven days, I mean, where's the idda dance? He obviously has to go into a waiting period before any marriage can take place. So it seems to be a whole a sort of uh, um, jumbled up thing mm. here. And uh, I feel sorry for her, for, for mm. the man here at least, because I mean, it's, it's obviously very confusing for him how a learned, so-called learned person could have done this. Mm. And uh, yeah, we, d- we do from time to time hear some of these weird things happening in our community, where even some of the imams And the sheikhs You know um, That have no Sort of uh, Consciousness Of Allah really uh, Where they take things Into their own hands And you know Get involved Personally with people And stuff We've heard this uh, On some occasions And it's very sad Where a person Who's supposed to Offer true guidance Mm. Who's supposed to Offer help In fact Instead of helping He helps himself I mean, that is bad. That is very bad. I mean, it shouldn't be. And it's worse if it comes from somebody that is supposedly knowledgeable. Mm. So, so, yeah, I think what this man should do is he should uh, go to one of the bodies, a judicial body, and actually state his case there. And they must open a file. And obviously then uh, call the wife in and explain to her first of all that your marriage with your husband is still intact. If there was no talaq, no divorce, nothing, no separation, you are still married to him. And because you are married to him, it's haram for you to live with another man. I mean, you can't be married to another man while you are still married with him. And then obviously from there take it whether he wants to divorce her or they want to go for a fasah. And then if that happens she will still have to go into Idda first and once the Idda is over then only she can decide in wanting to get married to someone else. I mean there's uh, lots of issues that may complicate things here. I mean what if she becomes pregnant now and stuff within this period. Whose child is it then? I mean okay he says uh, three months they went together like. Mm. But still I mean there's still some kind of confusion there's still uh, some uh, things there that must be sorted out. So this is what you we would say to this uh, person that he should immediately, shouldn't wait, go immediately to a place whereby you can get someone to come and speak to the woman and call both of you in and explain to you the repercussions of what has happened. And uh, what, what would be possibly the best way forward to, to resolve this issue
0: Sure, for me there comes up so many other questions with regards to you know What actually happens um, in this case with the, that couple That is now so-called demarried um, with a wife and, and I think everybody involved um, The ignorance of not knowing what had happened um, And what falls onto them now Even after correcting it So we know all the punishment that goes with doing something wrong. Would that still fall under, you know, people like this that claims that they did not know? Just a question for me.
1: Yeah, you know it's 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 very it's very sort of uh, strange to to imagine that these basic things will not be known. I mean, yeah. how can you just get married to someone? Okay, you didn't go under Iddah, You didn't. I mean, that that is something which is, I think, it should be common knowledge amongst mm. people. You know, and I don't think ignorance will 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 save the person. Surpass
0: them. Okay. No, I don't
1: think at all because okay. these are things that are supposed to be second nature. Mm. You know, it's not. Uh, uh, you don't need to be a, a scholar of Islam to know that okay. a woman is not allowed to just get married to someone. Mm. I think there's some relationship and there's some procedure that must be followed okay. And stuff like that But I think what could have happened here is And it's a very sad thing It could have happened that, that the so-called sheikh or imam Had obviously used his influence mm. You know, maybe as a learned person and people are gullible, unfortunately, because they uh, they don't have knowledge by themselves, or mm. they don't go classes, or they don't equip themselves. Mm. So they may be gullible, you know, to these kind of things. So what could have happened is, if it is the way that the person is explaining here, maybe the sheikh uh, kind of just used his influence, you know, and mm. use the fact that he knows better than them. So they must just sort of keep, the woman must just keep quiet and follow what he says which yeah. is not necessarily the right thing. But the point is, she should have by herself also made the research, get a second yes. opinion, go to another imam, or she is okay. this right what I'm doing? I mean, yes. surely you can't be married with someone and then seven days later marry someone else. I mean, that just doesn't gel, you know, it just doesn't make sense. I
0: think even in non-Muslims, they know that Yeah, that, yeah know, of course, <laughs> there's, there's issues, bit, yeah. and
1: procedures, and you don't just jump from one to the other. I mean, it doesn't work like that.
0: Shukran so much, and We hope all those involved are properly guided inshallah. I mean, inshallah. I mean, and finds the solutions and the, 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 the steps as Sheikh has mentioned does um, you know get followed through inshallah by that um, questioning next up is salam uh, to all in the studio will the husband be held acceptable for not guiding his wife who embraced Islam I'm sure it's embraced yeah, not yeah.
1: And I think it's accountable. I mean, will he be held accountable okay. uh, in terms of uh, his responsibility towards his wife that yes, has embraced Islam? Uh, and yeah, uh, of course, yes, he, he has to play a role. Uh, if a person gets married to a revert, then you have to play a role in guiding, mm-hmm. in helping, in assisting. It's not a matter of just getting married to that person mm. and now the person embraced Islam, so that's it. No, that is, that is just the start. The fact that you took somebody under your wing who hmm. needs that training and needs that guidance from somebody who is more experienced, then yes, it obviously becomes your responsibility and you will be held accountable for it if you neglect it. And Allah says in the Quran, for example, in Surah Al-Tahreem, amanu fūsakum wa nāra. O you who believe, save yourselves and your families from the fire of hell. You need to save yourself and your family You you play a role as the the head of the household Mm -hmm. You need to obviously ensure That there are certain things in place within your home Whereby people are being guided and trained And people are being taught, etc Even your children and all of that They all fall under the same ambit of this Mm -hmm. ayah Uh, There's also an interesting hadith Where the Prophet ﷺ had actually uh, Spoken very strongly Out against people Who neglect their duties towards People that need guidance Mm -hmm. In a general sense Okay. Okay. And uh, what, I, what I've sensed from this hadith, which I will just give you a brief summary of now, mm. is that uh, there were people that had embraced Islam, that were Muslim already, and then there were other people who were new reverts, or mm. their neighbors that did not know as much as they did. Mm. And the Prophet actually made a speech one day, and this hadith is in, recorded in some of the books of hadith, uh, like, the book of, um, Ibn and, uh, like the book of Ibn Musaqan and like the book of Ibn Rahawi and so on. In some of the, our sources, it is mentioned that the Prophet. Prophet actually what he did was he made a khutbah mm. and he used very stern words when he said, what is wrong with certain people who don't, who don't take out the time to teach their neighbors, mm. right? And then he also said, and what is wrong with those people, the neighbors, who do not take out the time to learn from their neighbors who know, mm. Okay, And the Prophet ﷺ appeared to be furious when he was speaking about this And it appeared to be very sort of stern And he actually said, if you don't do this, if you don't help each other If you don't teach each other, if you don't uh, guide each other Then I will invoke Allah to bring a punishment upon you, upon you Meaning it becomes if a person is a river to Islam, and this is something in a general sense, which I also need to mention, that we are very often very excited and very happy and uh, elated when we hear that uh, uh, someone embraced Islam, mm. you know, something very nice that gives you a nice feeling, alhamdulillah, so this man, or person was guided to what we deem to be the truth. But the problem is we are excited at that moment, but what is the follow-up measures to that? I mean, what support do we give to that person How do we teach that person How do we help the person along Because many times these people get excommunicated They get obviously uh, ill treated By their uh, previous uh, associates And friends mm. and family What do we as a Muslim community put in place To actually assist them Alhamdulillah there are some organizations Like Discover Islam and others That have put in place certain programs mm. Whereby we are uh, giving that support But what I'm saying is We need to play a very active role In making sure that those people who come into the deen are sort of ushered into the deen with knowledge and are trained and are given the guidance and support from all different angles and on all different levels. And it becomes even more so important if it is a husband and wife. Mm -hmm. Because now they will be living together. They will, inshallah, be starting a family. So you want to obviously ensure that the foundations upon which you are going to build your marriage is going to be one that is solid and that is based on moral values that Islam Mm. uh, encourages you to do and your devotion to Allah is going to be very important to make a successful marriage and so on. So yes coming back to the original question it is the husband's duty to guide his wife if the wife had uh, reverted to Islam and he must play that active role uh, or else if he doesn't he will uh, be held responsible and all the repercussions that follow will be uh, in accordance to what he did or what he didn't do and sadly to say you do find sometimes people marry reverts and you find they don't play that role mm-hmm. you find that they neglect them, in fact sometimes it's strange those reverts appear then to be even more inclined than the original Muslims towards the deen and wanting to improve themselves and stuff like that and that shouldn't be, I mean we should be role models and good uh, uh, you know, help and assistance to others
0: Shakran, I'm divorced for twenty-four years. Make my tahajjud salah, make all dhikrs and nothing goes right for me. Please tell me what else I must do, Shaykh.
1: Yeah, Shaykh, it's a it's 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 a difficult situation if a person is in a particular dilemma, and um, of course, I mean, what we need to say here is that Allah Taala tests all of us in all different kinds of ways. Mm. I mean, you are tested in a certain way now, but the other people are tested in other ways. And very often what you should do is In order to just realize what you have mm. Sometimes you need to make a comparison with others you know, And see those who are worse off than you mm. Then you will see, I mean, alhamdulillah The fact that you make tahajjud For me already this shows how much Allah Taala is taking care of you Let alone all the other things You know, how many people have never made tahajjud in their lives How many people don't even make salah in their lives Never mind tahajjud so the fact that Allah has guided you to make the hajjud for me, that already shows that how much ni'mah and grace Allah has given you. Okay, So try to obviously be thankful and know that Allah is going to test you and test us all the times with various different things. And uh, there's of course a hadith that says, that if you look at the life of the Ambiya and the Prophets, they are the ones that have been tested the most. Mm. And yet they are the most pious and the closest to Allah. Mm. You know? So actually mm. consider yourself to be in their path. Most loved, yeah. In their path. Mm. In fact, mo- most love is a good way a way mm. to, uh, to to explain it because the Prophet actually said, you know, أَشَدُّ النَّاسِ بَلَاءَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ ثُمَّ الصَّالِحُونَ ثُمَّ الْأَمْثَلُ فَالْأَمْثَلُ It says in this hadith that the person that are tested the most are the Prophets. Mm. Then after them, the pious. Then after them, those who are closest to the pious... So which means if you are being tested a lot and you have patience Mm. and you try to deal with it in a way that satisfies Allah Ta'ala and you try to sort of uh, accept the decree of Allah Ta'ala then Allah, is uh, the Prophet is saying here that you are amongst the pious that are very close to the Prophets. Mm. So count yourself lucky. You know that at least, I mean, I'm very happy to hear that you are doing your tahajjud that you're doing everything you can. That in itself shows to me that Allah Ta'ala is taking care of you.
0: Mm. He's
1: giving you what other people are Perhaps yearning to have mm. Or longing to have Or don't even know what it is to have and Allah is giving you that And uh, just to give a quick uh, uh, you know, Anecdote if, if, you, if you may Of uh, Nabi Ayyub uh, And oh, we know yes, Nabi yeah. Ayyub Was also afflicted with you know, Disease and illness and so on for a very long time And he suffered a lot You know And his wife one day um, Now, now I'm, I'm just coming back To the fact that She says for 24 years It seems like For 24 years She didn't find someone mm. Or she didn't remarry Or whatever the case may be um, Now Nabi Ayyub Alayhi salatu salam mm. Had become so bad That his wife said to him One day Why did not you just make Dua to Allah Taala? I mean you're a prophet Surely if you make dua to him He will remove This difficulty easily mm. I mean, you're a pious man, you know. Why don't you use this uh, influence and make dua to Allah Ta'ala? You know what he said to her? He actually said, and this is mentioned in the books of Tafsir. He actually said to his wife, don't you see that Allah Ta'ala had given me good health for 70 years? For 70 years, everything was okay. It's only after 70 years that Allah is testing me. Hmm. So he said, would it be anything uh, less than, you know, uh, not showing good respect to Allah? If I don't have patience at this moment hmm. I mean, Obviously I need to have patience I mean if Allah has tested me for a couple of years now I shouldn't look at a couple of years now I should look at the 70 years of good health that mm. Allah has given me you know, and he was telling this is, and obviously he's a nabi, he's a prophet, and he knows the deeper meanings of these things, and that is why he was able to, obviously, engage his wife in this way. And uh, what it means is that if Allah Taala has put something in our way that is a bit of an obstacle, hmm. don't only focus on the obstacle. Look at all the other things which Allah has given you. You are alive, you are breathing, you are eating, you are, drinking, you have a roof over your head, you are making salah, you are at least not somebody that is a drunkard or somebody that is abusing others or somebody hmm. that is taking drugs. Allah has kept you away of so many. Other the bad things, man. So what we want to encourage this is to do is keep on doing those good things. Mm. Have patience. make Continue to make dua. And inshallah there will come a time where Allah Ta'ala will just open the gates for you. And He will give you in a way that you can never imagine. Mm. You know, uh, in a way that you would never have thought would have happened. Allah will give you but He wants to see that you are persistent and that you are committed mm. in what in the, in the path that you are following. And I, I make dua that Allah Ta'ala keep you steadfast and keep you on this good journey that you have set for yourself of appealing to him and making tahajjud and mm-hmm. making dua, inshallah, there is light at the end of the tunnel for anyone who follows this particular path, inshallah.
0: It does sound rather, you know, bleak when they when they put it that way. But Alhamdulillah, Sheikh, you've made the the tunnel really seem brightened. And for me, also, what comes out is 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 this, this questionnaire should be actually doing exactly what they are doing. Just continue doing what they are doing, because what they're Excellent. doing is right. Because he asked, what else can I do? What yes. more can I do? Absolutely. But what they're doing is is exactly what they should be doing. So Alhamdulillah, like you said, he could have uh, the things that's all going wrong could have caused them maybe to go to drugs or you know go to wrong things. But instead, he kept kept going on the right path. Alhamdulillah, yeah. shukur for that question. I think it's it's uh, you know, many questions that does come in. Also, is a learning curve for all of us as well, and to the listeners inshallah. And hopefully, it comes across in that way. So, stay with us in this question-answer forum as we take a short break, and we'll be back with you just after this. The voice of the Cape, ninety-one point three FM stereo. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Welcome back to this edition of Question and Answer Forum And inshallah we make to our That Almighty Allah guides us Through all of the lessons That is learnt by other, um, other callers uh, Posing the questions inshallah I'm Khawah Salaman And with me once again Is Sheikh Ibrahim Was answering your questions Next question is Assalamualaikum Sheikh If you go to Makkah first in Ramadan Inshallah When you leave for Medina You have to make Wida And if you come in again for Umrah Do you make do you have to make wida again?
1: Yeah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim With regards to Tawaf al wida It's basically a farewell Tawaf that you offer uh, to the, Around the Kaaba For sort of leaving uh, the Holy lands. And yes, the, the scholars state that Each time you take a journey That is going to be further than the journey That allows you or permits you to do The joining of prayers, mm-hmm. which is about 80 kilometers Then yes, you should make a Tawaf In terms of uh, bidding farewell To, to the Beitullah okay so there is difference of opinion amongst the scholars whether this act is actually obligatory or whether it actually is just a voluntary act okay and there is difference of opinion the shafi'i viewpoint is that it is obligatory you have to make wida uh, before you leave the holy land uh, and in this case obviously you are going to leave uh, for a distance more than 81 kilometers And because it's, it's a d- great distance between Makkah and Medina You don't even know whether you'll be coming back to Makkah mm. I mean, You can't guarantee that So it is uh, obviously required from you when you leave Makkah That you make uh, Tawaf al bidah. And yeah, it's obviously Tawaf al It's basically the last Tawaf that you make mm. So as you're making your Sunnah Tawaf Just make sure that the last Tawaf that you make Is close to the time that you're going to leave And you make Niyah, that is Tawaf al I mean Tawaf al is no special Procedure over and beyond mm. Just making your tawaf on the Kaaba And of course people that go these times uh, When they go for Umrah they make tawaf a lot Every day they make tawaf So all that you do is the, the tawaf that is closest To your journey to Medina mm. uh, You make uh, near that that will be your tawaf Because mm. you don't know whether you'll be coming back Or not, then you go to Medina to al and inshallah when you come back to Makkah You will do Umrah again You will enter with the Umrah and You will do all those procedures again And then when you leave now from Makkah to go back home Then you will do another Tawaf al-Wida Obviously because now you again going to travel away from the the Baytullah for more than 80 kilometers. And this is something which obviously, like I said, it's a gesture of bidding farewell to the house of Allah Mm -hmm. as a final sort of greeting. And it's part of the adab of leaving. And of course there are certain people that are excused, like a woman who has a menstruation for example, she will be excused. There's no problem. She can leave without having to worry because she obviously will not be making tawaf uh, in that state. So she can basically just make dua to Allah at that point to to sort of accept from her and to bring her back and all of that. And uh, uh, yeah, that would be the case here uh, It would be required to make uh, tawaf Like I said, tawaf al is No special procedure, it's just a normal Tawaf around the Kaaba, mm-hmm. with a special Niyah, that's it. the, the, the Niyah is Basically what is special, and that Niyah is You are making a final tawaf, and of course Just as an added point, once You've made your, your tawaf al you Should not try to delay too much Within the, the area of Makkah You should try to leave as quickly as possible In other words, you must not stay a long Period in Makkah after you've made it your mm-hmm. Your greeting should be like the last thing that you do And then you should leave Wherever you are heading to inshallah
0: Okay, Salam, what if I overslept And did not do my witter, um The night before Shukran, is a very good program I, I think this also comes from a question SMS that was maybe um, sent through At the time we answered a question on witr. So inshallah, Sheikh
1: Yeah, just as a principle The Salah of witr is a voluntary Salah It is not a compulsory Salah um, and that means that uh, should you even leave it out intentionally, then there is no uh, issue with that. Okay, Although it's a very strongly recommended sunnah, what we call a sunnah mu'akkada. It's something which the Prophet ﷺ hardly missed. I mean, mm. he never missed Salatul witr really, because it's something that he was very particular on. Um, and there are some of the Sahaba that said, you know, the Prophet ﷺ advised me never to leave of th- certain things. And amongst these things is Salatul Duha, uh, Amongst these things is Salatul Witr amongst these things is to fast at least three days of every month. So the Prophet had encouraged these things. So just as a matter of principle Salatul witr is not compulsory but it is voluntary. So should you leave it out intentionally, it will be fine. You don't have to make it up. There's no sin involved. But you've just missed the reward for it. That's all that it is. Uh, So if you've overslept um, uh, for Fajr and you stood up after the sun has come up or you stood up a long time after the Adhan of Fajr then obviously what it means is that the time of witr has ended. Oh. Because the time of witr is any time from after the time that you perform Isha until the Adhan of Fajr. So let's say you perform Isha in the beginning of its time, then you can perform witr immediately after that. Oh. Or let's say you make Isha in the middle of the night, then you can perform witr from that time onwards until Fajr. In other words, you cannot make witr before you've made your fard Salah oh. of Isha. Uh, so it definitely expires at the time of Fajr. And you need not make it up because the time has, has, has lapsed hmm. So you don't have to worry about it And of course just as an added uh, piece of information In terms of the raka'at that you make for witter Because just as a, a matter of interest Let's say a person wakes up uh, very late um, In the sense that it's almost time for fajr But he forgot he didn't make witer. Okay, hmm. And there's just enough about enough for him to make one raka'ah. He knows the Adhan is going to go over hmm. after that Then it is okay for him to make one Raka'ah Because okay. the least amount of Witter is one Raka'ah hmm. okay. And the most amount of Witter is 11 So you can go hmm. from 1 to 11 Of course the usual What people normally do is 3 Mm. Okay, and that is the normal one. But if you want to add another two and make it five, that's okay. If you want to make it seven, that's okay. Nine, okay. that's okay. Up until 11. The maximum is 11. And the minimal is one. So if let's say you only have time for that one. You know the Adhan is going any minute. Mm. Then you are actually allowed just to make the one raka'ah of Witr that will be acceptable as a Witr Salah for that particular night.
0: Shukran so. Sheikh, and with that, let's uh, pay the bills and we'll come back with more of your questions on 47913. <laughs> of the Cape 91.3 FM serial My Radio Station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Assalamu warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Welcome back to the last segment of this edition of Question and Answer Forum I'm Hawa Solomon, and with me of course is Sheikh Ibrahim is the Imam, uh, resident Imam at the Yusufiya Masjid and uh, remember if your questions was not answered this week please um, we shukar you for your patience as it will be dealt with when we receive it inshallah. So the next question is and our last one for this um, show is Salam Imam My father passed on 8 months ago he has saved 3000 For my mom and himself to go for Hajj Can my mom use this money For my father's Rukum Hajj um, Or can my mom Use it for her Hajj
1: Yeah, yeah, I think we have To first ascertain uh, Whether the father actually went on Hajj Before or not Um, Because if it was the Fard Hajj Which the father did not yet perform Then obviously that becomes sort of A duty that must be performed on his behalf And even if it means you must take from the money of the estate to perform that hajj, then so be it. Because the... Fard Hajj is of course a rukun of Islam that must be performed. Mm-hmm. And if a person had the ability to go in Hajj but he didn't, mm-hmm. then it means it is something that has to be paid in on his behalf. There's a hadith where a certain person, and this occurred more than once, but uh, on more than one occasion this event occurred. The Prophet was approached by a man and he asked the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, Inna Abi Shaykhun Kabir, Lam Yahujja, Afa He says, My father is an an old man. Is it okay for me to hajj on his behalf? Mm -hmm. So the Prophet ﷺ gave him this answer He didn't say just yes or no But this is what he said He said to him Do you see that if your father had to have a debt Would you pay pay it on his behalf? Mm -hmm. So he says yes, of course Na'am. And then the Prophet says to him anhu. So also perform the Hajj on his behalf So what, does, uh, uh, what we can conclude from this Hadith is That the Prophet said it's like a debt that mm. needs to be paid And we know when a person dies and he has got debts to be settled Then the debts must be settled even before the heirs take their portions of inheritance must mm. comes before that So if the person did not do the Fard Hajj Then of course the money, this money must be taken for that and whatever of the state must be taken to add to it to perform the fard hajj, uh, if need be, because that is an obligation. If, however, it was the sunnah hajj, it was not a far hajj, then of course uh, I would say that this money. Is simply just part of the estate mm-hmm. And should not be taken particularly for Hajj But it's part of the estate And so all the heirs have a, have a role to play In, in, in distributing that mm-hmm. as uh, Alongside all other things However there's one last thing that they may want to add here Is if the the mother knows for sure That the father had actually given her the money so you keep this 3,500, this is for hajj. Mm-hmm. Then it means he had already uh, given that amana to her, you mm. know, to say that it's either for your hajj or for my hajj. In that case, it, it, we, can, we may consider it as a gift for her, mm. you know, for performing the hajj, in which case it will not form part of the estate. But okay. if he didn't do that clearly, then we would probably say that it is part of the estate. And of course, it must be used uh, by the heirs in whatever way they feel comfortable. If all the heirs, heirs feel, for example, uh, they all come together and say, look, we want to send our mother with this money. No problem, they can all agree on that. Because whatever the heirs decide they want to do Will be acceptable Because mm-hmm. the money in any case Belongs to all of them And Allah knows best
0: And Sheikh is saying that You know He needs to say this explicitly But what if If, if both the children And the wife Knew the intention of this money um, Was for their hajj And as a gift to the mother And it wasn't stated explicitly But it was an intention That was expressed maybe to the wife And the children knew of it Then you would fall
1: Yeah yeah well it, it depends like you know if, if, if it was done in a way That everybody Understood it clearly to be that. It was not just a a suggestion, it was not. Because these matters are are quite uh, particular. Mm. Uh, But in this case, the easy way to solve it would be that the heirs themselves, so let's say they are children, Mm. if they all just agree. Say like my mother, we want to send you mm-hmm. Even if it is with that money or any other money For that matter, that mm-hmm. belongs to our father We want to send you okay. And if they agree on that, then it's fine Because okay. they can agree, obviously, collectively Not excluding anyone, they can all agree What they want to do with the money that is in, in their possession And they can gladly send their mother In that way, but if there was no clarity mm-hmm. Then we will probably say this money do Is they? part of the inheritance of the estate And it must be decided how they want to how, how, you know, How it should be distributed
0: Shukran, shukran once again to Sheikh Ibrahim Wars for taking the time and doing the research uh, for all the necessary questions that has come through, and that is why we ask you to be so patient, so that Sheikh may take it home and do some, you know, studies on on your question and come back with, you know. Uh, all the information in its context, and, and inshallah give you know proofs as well. So to all those that had answered your questions, we hope inshallah that you are appropriately guided. And please do call us at reception on 021 double four two three five hundred if you'd like to get in contact with Sheikh Ibrahim Wirth um, for any other clarity. Or please do go and see your local Imam or Sheikh. Um, in your area as well. Tizalik khair to you, Sheikh. Once again for making the time available and salama back, salama terrible back home. Inshallah. Shukran to you also Sister the hawa
1: and may Allah Taala guide and protect all of us and keep us safe until we meet again insha'Allah. Wassalamu 'alaykum yeah. wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
0: <laughs> That is, of course, Sheikh Ibrahim Wilson. we see him back here again next week, same time, same place, between 6 and 7 for question and answer from. From myself, Khawwa Salaman, have a good day, and remember to love your kids wherever they are, um, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a very good evening.